0: Form I 129F approval plus K 1 visa grant equals a true success story. A prior F 1 student consulted me after the U.S. consulate used INA 214B to twice deny her request for a visa renewal. After one more failed attempt to get the student visa, we agreed to switch to the K-1 visa based on her recent engagement to her U.S. citizen fiancé. It took four months for USCIS to approve the Form i 129 f petition, which is the first step in the K-1 visa process. Within a month, we received notice from the National Visa Center to proceed with the next step of filing the Form DS-160 K-1 visa application. After receiving all the forms and documents, the U.S. consulate scheduled her for a visa interview in April 2020. Unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 restrictions that began in March 2020, the consulate canceled the interview. At the time, our client was also traveling in Europe and got stuck there for several months. The K-1 visa interview was eventually rescheduled in December 2020 her client was able to return to her home country in time for the visa interview. Despite the obstacles and setbacks in her case, she was finally issued the K-1 visa in January, 2021. She has six months to enter the US on the K-1 visa before it expires. Within 90 days of her arrival in the US, she will need to marry her US citizen fiance to then file a Form I-485 application for permanent residence. If they marry later than the 90-day time frame, she may still file for a green card, but her U.S. citizen petitioner must also submit a Form I-130 petition with USCIS. The applicant faced a tough path in seeking to re-enter the U.S. lawfully. In her third and final try to get the F-1 student visa renewal, we reminded the U.S. consulate of the DOS policy that instructs them to reissue student visas unless there are major changes in circumstances. This policy is to permit students to travel back and forth between their home country and the U.S. to keep their ties abroad. As an F1 student, her client completed her bachelor's degree in optional practical training. She extended her status within the U.S. to continue with her master's degree, but due to circumstances beyond her control, she stopped attending school and fell out of status for three years. She later filed a Form I-539 application to reinstate her status. USCIS agreed the violation of F-1 status resulted from circumstances beyond her control and approved her request. With the I-539 approval notice and F-1 reinstatement, she left the U.S. to visit her family abroad. She planned to return to the U.S. to complete her master's degree she did not expect the U.S. Consulate to deny her application for an F1 student visa renewal under INA 214B. That is, failure to overcome presumption of immigrant intent. She assumed the I-539 approval would automatically lead to an F1 visa renewal. But the U.S. Consulates and embassies have the ultimate say in visa grants and refusals. After the third F1 student visa request was denied, We discussed the option of filing for the K-1 visa instead. I explained that INA 214-B is not an issue for K-1 visa applicants. They seek to enter the U.S. to become green card holders based on marriage to the U.S. citizen petitioner. So they do not have to prove non-immigrant intent like student visa applicants. The first step in getting a K-1 visa is to file the Form I-129-F petition with USCIS. There are several basic requirements to get an I-129F approval. One is the petitioner must be a U.S. citizen, not just a permanent resident. A U.S. birth certificate, naturalization certificate, or U.S. passport from the citizen is required. Second, there needs to be a written statement from the petitioner and visa applicant confirming their intent to marry within 90 days of the applicant's arrival in the U.S. Third, there must be evidence that the couple share a bona fide relationship and have met in person at least once during the last two years prior to filing the I-129F petition. Documentary evidence of a real relationship include text messages, video and telephone call records, and emails showing long-distance communication, photographs of the couple together during the course of their relationship, and affidavits from third parties describing the bona fide nature of their relationship. Evidence of in-person meeting requirement are airline tickets and travel stamps of trips taken to be with each other, and photographs of the couple together during the last two years. The couple could even hold up a newspaper or other publication with a date on it to prove when the photo was taken. USCIS may waive the in-person meeting requirement if it receives evidence showing this would result in extreme hardship to the U.S. citizen or would violate traditional marriage customs of either party. One example is if the petitioner is very ill or is disabled and would face hardship in traveling abroad to see the fiancé. But overall, this waiver is very hard to get. In most cases, it's easier for the petitioner to travel to the applicant's home country or for the couple to meet in a third country before the I-129F petition is filed. There are additional requirements related to the International Marriage Broker Regulation Act, IMBRA, This requires the petitioner to disclose on the Form I-129F petition whether he met his fiancée through an international marriage broker. This is a business that charges fees for dating, matrimonial, or matchmaking services for U.S. citizens and foreign national clients. The Adam-Walsh Act also prevents the approval of a Form I-129F petition if the U.S. citizen has been convicted of a specified offense against a minor. Unless he proves he would pose no threat to the applicant, this is a big hurdle to clear. Luckily, these obstacles did not apply in this case. At the time we filed the I-129F petition, the U.S. citizen had traveled two months earlier to the applicant's home country to visit and officially propose to her. They had first met in the U.S. through mutual friends while the applicant was a student. The petitioner had no criminal record that created problems under the Adam-Walsh Act. After approving the Form I-129F petition, USCIS transferred the case to the National Visa Center. Unlike with a marriage-based immigrant visa application, the NVC does very little in the K-1 process. It just assigns a case number, notifies the petitioner of the case receipt, and transfers it to the U.S. Consulate for further processing. Although the NVC or U.S. Consulate may provide K-1 visa application instructions, These can usually be found on the Consulate's website. If you do not hear from the NVC within 30 to 60 days of the I-129F approval, you may normally submit a status inquiry to them. The approval of the Form I-129F petition is valid for four months. The applicant is supposed to apply for and receive the K-1 visa within that time frame. But when there are circumstances beyond her control, and she and the U.S. citizen petitioner continue to be engaged and have the intent to marry. USCIS or the U.S. consulate may revalidate the petition. I counseled the client in submitting the DS-160 visa application, the police certificate, and the medical exam report, and the Form I-134 affidavit of financial support. I confirmed that her prior F-1 visa refusals and her falling out of status would not be a problem. For example, her being out of status for three years starting in 2015 did not make her inadmissible for 10 years under INA-212A-9B. No USCIS officer or immigration judge had found that she violated her F1 status. Under the policy that existed at the time, she did not accrue unlawful presence towards the three year bar to re-entry. She also had no other inadmissibility grounds, such as a serious criminal record or fraud or misrepresentation, to receive a U.S. immigration benefit. The U.S. citizen petitioner was unemployed and did not meet the income requirement to sponsor her, but her uncle agreed to submit a Form I-134 as a joint sponsor. Following the cancellation of the April 2020 K-1 visa interview due to COVID-19 restrictions, the consulate rescheduled the interview in December. I advised her on what to expect at the visa interview, including questions on her U.S. visa history, biographic data, and her relationship with her U.S. citizen fiancé. At the K-1 visa interview, the U.S. consulate will verify whether the applicant shares a real relationship with a petitioner and whether the couple truly intends to marry and build a life together as spouses. They may place the case in 221G administrative processing and request further evidence if they do not believe the relationship is bona fide. In extreme cases, they may even return the petition to USCIS for review and revocation if they determine the relationship is a sham, that is, entered into only to help the applicant get a green card. The U.S. consulate will also verify whether the applicant is admissible to the U.S. If, for example, it finds she's likely to become a public charge due to insufficient financial support, it may deny the visa under INA-212A-4. In this case, the consular officer was satisfied with the uncle's Form I-134 as a joint sponsor. The officer also found no issues with her F-1 visa history or with her relationship to the U.S. citizen petitioner. Within a month of the visa interview, the consulate issued the K-1. Her client may now come to the U.S. to marry her U.S. citizen fiancé. Afterward, she may file the I-485 application for permanent residence. She may also include a request for a work permit and travel authorization. The K-1 visa is for a single entry to the U.S. and does not provide work authorization. While the green card application is pending, USCIS may process the request for a work card and travel document. In most cases, it will schedule the couple for an I-485 interview before it makes a decision on the green card application. During the interview, USCIS will verify whether the couple entered into a bona fide marriage and started a life together as spouses. It will also again verify the applicant's admissibility to the U.S. In other cases, USCIS can approve the I-485 application and issue the green card without an interview but the documentary evidence must be very strong to allow an approval without a USCIS interview. If the marriage occurs and the I-485 application is approved, as expected, her client will become a permanent resident of the United States. If the marriage is at least two years old at the time of the I-485 approval, she will get a 10-year green card without conditions. Otherwise, she will get a conditional residence card valid for two years, She will then need to file a Form I-71 petition to remove conditions and maintain her green card status. This is a true success story at Diane Williams Law. Do not consider it as legal advice. Each case is different. Even cases that seem similar can have different outcomes. If you're stuck in the K-1 to green card process or have questions about it, you may contact us through our website at dianewilliamslaw.com. I can help you in a consultation or by representing you in your case from start to finish. Thank you for joining me. Stay tuned for more on the Legal Immigrant Podcast.